Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ion Icon. As always, I am your co-host Fez, and I have with me Iconographer. How are you going, Iconographer? Pretty well. How about yourself? Yeah, great, great. Well, today we are going to introduce a little bit of a new format, um, changing a few things up. So what we're going to aim to do is uh, release our uh, interviews with whoever we get on the show as a separate episode. And then we will also do another episode where we do a bit of uh, the breakdown of the daily news, the weekly news. Um, and uh, depending on what's going on, we'll do a slight breakdown straight after the news as we were traditionally doing. And we are also going to introduce another smaller episode, which is um, bringing to light a lot of the CPS proposals that are in the system that are uh, currently up to get voted on. And we'll have the people on our show to actually talk through what their proposal is and their ideas and give it a bit of a breakdown so everyone can, can really hear what's going on in the ICON ecosystem and what is being pitched to be built on our great platform. Um, so, and I think you know this. This is a this is something we're kind of experimenting with, and obviously, what's podcast is still relatively new, and we're just trying to make sure we're delivering stuff that uh, people find relevant and helpful. But obviously, this is going to be, I think, I think on net more content as well. But uh, you know, please let us know what you think of kind of this. You know, little bit of little bit of tinkering. Let us know if you like. You know, as we as we release a few episodes. Give us feedback. Let us know if you like the new format. Let us know if we can change different things. You know, whatever ideas you guys have for the podcast, because it is made for the community, um, we're certainly all ears. Couldn't agree more. And so today we're excited to have Kevin from Icon Nation and and another guest that is a regular on our show, Iconographer. Do you want to tell us why I'm introducing y'all in this way? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, we, we released some news today, uh, a new project, uh, it's called Equality. Um, it is a uh, automated market maker that is built and, and specializes in trading stable coins. So I imagine if you're listening to this by now, you've probably either, you know, read the Medium article about it, maybe read the white paper, uh, certainly, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe hopped in our Telegram room or whatever it might be. But uh, beyond, you know, beyond that content, uh, we also had a little bit of chat between myself and Kevin, also known as Radio Friendly, to those of you who uh, have seen him on various social channels, and, and um, he's been around on Icon forever. Um, so just, you know, we want to talk a bit more about the project, uh, provide some more information, kind of explain a few different things. Um, so yeah, this is, I'm serving, I'm serving in two roles on this episode as both a co-host and a, and a guest as well. Excellent. Look, let's, let's dive in. There's, there's, uh, it's jam packed full of information and I am, I am, uh, very excited about this project and can't wait for it to, uh, you know, launch. And so let's jump straight in. Okay. Iconographer, why don't you tell us who we have on the show today? Sure. Uh, today we have Kevin Newby, uh, but you probably know him better as Radio Friendly. Uh, he's been involved in the Icon community for as long as I can remember, and I think pretty much since the beginning. Uh, he's also the co-founder of Icon Nation, which is one of the leading P-Rep teams. Uh, they've been in the top five for basically since the start of things. I think that's changed a little bit since then, but they're still certainly one of the well, uh, better-known uh, better P-Reps. Um, so welcome, Kevin. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm a big fan of the show. I, I love tuning in uh, and checking out the show. I usually tune in and check it out on Tuesday or Wednesday mornings when I'm working, uh, depending on when it comes out. So uh, you guys do a great job. I've, I've really enjoyed the shows that you've had, the guests that you've had. So uh, it's fun to be in the guest chair here. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, certainly. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, Kevin and I have been working on this project. Uh, it's called Equality. Um, you, by now, I imagine you've probably read at least a little bit about it. Uh, we're going to get into that a bit more uh, later on. But first, let's, uh, uh, Kevin, let's have you talk about uh, how you got into crypto. Sure. Um, so I think like a lot of people, I got into crypto back in mid-2017. I was at dinner with my dad and my brother. We were out with our families and crypto came up. But None of us really quite understood what it was. So that kind of prompted me to uh, go home that night and start reading and learning about crypto. And, and that was really the beginning for me. And uh, man, ever ever since that discussion we had uh, during that dinner, crypto has been a major part of my life. I've I've been absolutely fascinated ever since that discussion. It's, it's definitely stuck with me. It's kind of funny because um, when I kind of think about it now, prior to that evening, I I rarely or never thought about economics or, or markets or uh, fiat currency, things like that. And, you know, you fast forward to today, I, I can't imagine a day going by where um, I don't think about those things. So, uh, yeah, it turned out to be a very eventful discussion for sure. Yeah, I think something similar, especially with, you know, all the all the learning everyone's had to do on, uh, you know, all these DeFi products and things like that. I think I think even just that process alone has taken a lot of people from you know, not knowing much about finance to possibly being, you know, almost experts on financial markets. So uh, just another another benefit of crypto. Yeah, it's like the common thing you hear, you feel like you're drinking from a fire hose, but, um, oh, yeah. you know, three, four years later, here, I, I still feel like it's a fire hose here. So <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Look, agree. Uh, I, I work in finance, but barely knew anything about it. All of a sudden, DeFi came along and uh, I've taken a huge interest in it and it's all I talk about so <laughs> agree um, you know the crypto really uh, influences that side of things so um, well so that's how you you know got exposure to crypto how about how did you get into icon specifically sure uh, yeah so I got into icon thanks to a guy named Peter Saddington who was the lead of um, he's actually the lead of one of icons newer peer rep teams Peter rep he had, um, a couple years back, he had built a community, a great community back then known as the Bitcoin Pub, uh, which I really enjoyed at the time because there was so much content and information on there that I, I thought it was particularly helpful to people that were new to crypto. Uh, he was making these YouTube videos and, and things like that, and I uh, really kind of enjoyed all that stuff that he was making, and he had mentioned Icon in a few of those videos. So uh, it's really thanks to him that Icon kind of fell on my radar. So. Um, after that, I, I basically wound up joining the Icon community and, um, at, you know, at the time being a total noob, I, I didn't really quite understand how, how crypto communities worked. And I, I kind of remember thinking back, I, I kind of laugh about it now. Um, I was one of those guys that was always <laughs> just way too triggered uh, by FUD or negativity. So uh, <laughs> like if some troll would say something, you know, ridiculous, like Icon is a scam or something like that, uh, I, for whatever reason, I felt this obligation to... <laughs> respond with like five paragraphs like a wall of text about why icon is definitely not a scam and on the contrary it's one of the best projects out you know <laughs> just something way over the top um fortunately since then my, my my trigger response has been dulled and maybe desensitized a bit but um i think it was actually those responses that got my foot in the door to being a moderator for the icon communities there was a community mod at the time named naxi uh, that reached out to me and asked if i was interested in being a mod so uh, yeah, I was really excited about that opportunity and wound up doing that for um, just about a year, I would say, um, being a moderator. But, man, I don't think people understand how exhausting that can be. There were nights, it'd be like 3 a.m., 
and I would need to work the next morning and I, I'm sitting there wide awake at 3 a.m. helping some dude in Slovakia with his token swap. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, after that, after about yeah, a year, and, that's still, I kind of, and that tradition still goes on to this day is uh, right. <laughs> you're waving people and, and Norsk Norsk on your uh, team is mostly handling a lot of that now. So he's doing yep. he's doing that hero's work. But sorry he's, for interrupting. He's no, no, all good, man. He's probably got the record him or uh, if you guys remember JB probably have the record for token swap helps. But um yeah, you know, I, I kind of realized about a year in, and I'm spending more time doing this than I am with my family, so I should probably cut that back a bit, especially since I had just joined Icon Nation at the time, which kept me plenty busy otherwise, so. Yeah, I think there's I, there's been kind of a rotating core of mods over yep. the years, um, just because, yeah, I think, that, I think that is the case where it is, you know, there, a lot of people think, you know, modding the Reddit forum is just, okay, whenever there's a bad post, delete it or something like that. But there's, there's a lot of people who message looking for help or having questions and things like that. So a lot of, a lot of the mod work actually happens really behind the scenes, which, uh, I wasn't totally aware of when I signed up to be one. So, um, you know, you, you learn kind of the hard way on that. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know I did. Talk, <laughs> yeah. You were talking about the, you know, when you respond to trolls and things like that. And that's kind of something I always go back and forth on, especially on Reddit, because you figure you're not going to change their mind. But you do you do think about those random people who stumble upon the forum and they see scam, but then they see no response to it or anything like that. And so it's always a it's always a tough uh, debate whether or not how much you want to engage with those folks. But I always try to assume that you know there might be someone potentially new who comes along, and if they see if they see a, a, a thought out response, then maybe it makes them believers or it gets them on board. But if they just see a bunch of people saying scam, even if it is trolly, uh, they might get deterred. So it's a tough it's a tough internal struggle for sure. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. So why you know why don't you talk walk us through how Icon Nation came about? Um, you know, maybe talk about who's involved in that, and I guess has been in you know over the, over the last couple of years, uh, and just yeah, how that how that came about. Sure. So, um, like like we were talking about being a community moderator, I think that's that's pretty much how I, how I wound up meeting and becoming close with Spleen. Uh, Norse Kiwi CC Club and, and the moderating team. Uh, there was a day where Spleen had mentioned that he was thinking about starting a P rep. Um, you know, I, I was definitely interested. I figured I might as well kind of raise my hand and volunteer and throw my name in the ring and see what happens. And uh, lucky for me, Spleen did ultimately wind up asking me to join his team, which you know I'm really thankful for. It's it's definitely one of the more uh, fortuitous moments in my life for sure. Uh, and he also asked a few of the other moderators too, like CC Club. Uh, Norse Kiwi to join along with a developer that he particularly enjoyed working with. That's Dimitris Franchidakis, uh, who part are primarily handles our node operations today. Uh, so back in the early days, we were kind of discussing what we wanted our team to be about, essentially. And we kind of landed on being a team that had two primary focuses, two areas where we thought we could contribute in a positive way. On one side, you know, there was the community focus. We wanted to be focused on the community in terms of uh, growing it and serving it, um, you know, in terms of kind of being like a connection point between the community and the foundation. Uh, the, the mod team had a direct line of communication with the foundation members at that time. So we felt that we could really serve as kind of, um, I don't know, I guess like a conduit or some sort of connection point, if you will, um, between the community and the foundation. And then uh, our other focus being on the development related side of things, just kind of working to build tools that would be helpful for developers or anybody that was interested in building on or contributing to the icon ecosystem in sort of a development capacity, which uh, Spleen has done a really great job with that. No doubt he's been a pillar uh, in the icon dev community for sure. So I don't think much has changed 
uh, in terms of our initial scope and goals, we don't really try to stick our nose in areas we don't know much about. Like, um, I don't know, like marketing, for example, what I, what I don't know about marketing could fill a book. So um, I think I think that basically we're trying to stick to our two primary focuses and then uh, just kind of trying to be as supportive as we can to other P-Rep teams, whether that be supporting them through the CPS now or by continuing to try to support ideas that maybe improve the economic disparity between the higher ranked P-Rep teams and the lower ones. Uh, we'll certainly try to get involved there if we think there's a positive reason to do so. But I think a lot of that will kind of continue to be sorted out after the 2.0 release. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of how we got here and excited to see what the future holds. Okay, so uh, I, I want to quickly call out. So a lot, a lot of this is um, uh, core operational aspects of um, how the Icon network, you know, processes blocks and operates with its P reps and nodes, which we we will cover off in a different episode and deep dive into that to get a bit more clarity, especially to a lot of the new people coming into the uh, to the Icon ecosystem. But um, what you explained was great because, you know, you guys have been there from the start and, and uh, uh, from uh, what you've covered is, is you know, um, worked amongst the community to build, you know, that trust and, and answer those questions for everyone since the birth of Icon, really. So um, that, that's been fantastic. Thank you for everything you guys have done there. Um, and I believe we have you you have something new to talk about the announcements have just come out uh, i should say this is the first exclusive interview you have done is that fair to say oh uh, yeah i'd say that's correct <laughs> Excellent. absolutely so <laughs> t tell us about the project what's it called what how did it come about keen to hear sure so uh, equality is we're basically building something called the equality exchange uh which is a um it's, it's basically a, I guess you could say where we're starting, it's a place where you can swap stable coins at is, is I guess going to be our starting point. What happened is back in December, I met with Scott Smiley and Dakey Lee from ICX Station. And we talked about things that Icon Nation and ICX Station were, were actively working on and things that we had in the pipeline. So ICX Station had several things they wanted to do, but they didn't really have enough bandwidth to work on all those things at the time because they had other stuff going on like Balanced and OMM and a, a couple other things keeping them busy. So uh, one of the things that came up was figuring out how to utilize um, maybe some of the some of the people within the community or on PREP teams that might have a little bit of availability to help work on those projects that ICX Station had conceptualized. So they asked me if I might be interested in being part of a team uh, to work on one of those ideas that they had, which was the Equality Exchange. So. Uh, Scott mentioned that he already had a developer with a team interested in working on the development side of things. And then if I was interested, I could kind of focus a little bit more on the uh, like the business and project management side of things and sort of work to bring the product to market. So that was a big challenge for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of, I always enjoy a challenge and that's kind of how I learn things just to just sort of get involved. But, um, you know, it became evident very quickly to me that if I was going to be the one designing the tokenomics, that this would not be a very innovative product. It was going to be um, very copy and paste in nature, which kind of got me to thinking, you know, how how can we do better here? Which, um, you know, how can we do better than what I thought I was kind of the path that I was going down? So obviously we have some really brilliant members within the ICON community, uh, definitely more brilliant than myself when it comes to things like tokenomics. And I kind of started thinking about you know, is there somebody out there that could bring this project to the next level? 
And the first name that came to my mind was Iconographer. So I'm, I'm sure everybody listening to this has probably read his Medium series on DeFi and uh, other Medium series that he's written along with the stuff he's brought forth with Rhizome. Um, you know, I was just kind of really hoping he'd be interested. So I reached out to him with my fingers crossed uh, and asked if he'd be willing to jump in and, and sort of help with things like designing the tokenomics, writing the white paper, uh, some Medium articles and things like that. And fortunately for... Uh, me and for all of us, really, he was interested in joining the team, and uh, no doubt about it, he's definitely helped to bring the project to the next level and has been great. So, uh, I, th I think we're off to a great start. Uh, we're, we're currently on schedule with everything. We're on the verge of launching our initial website for people to check out. We've got uh, our white paper is ready to go. Our initial concept for the tokenomics is uh, figured out. You could say uh, we've got Tom and his crew from the TNTXT PREP team. Uh, they are working on a demo version of the exchange hey, for. Tom is formerly Icon V at, uh, yep. so I imagine you've got people got some familiar with their name, but they did a little bit, little bit of a rebrand recently. Uh, but he's been around a while too. Yep, absolutely. And so uh, Tom and his crew, they're working on a demo version of the exchange for people to check out. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we'll probably have that ready within the next month or so. Um, we've already begun to formulate our plan for uh, like the audit and things like that when the time comes. So I, I really think we're doing well. And as of today, we're on schedule. I can't make any promises in terms of when the release will be. We're kind of aiming for Q3 or maybe even sooner. But, you know, with so many variables, it's hard to be definitive um, with exactly, you know, when that will be at this moment. So what I can say is that we would love to be the first project to launch on Icon 2.0, uh, but we're definitely going to have some competition to earn that title. So it, it should be an interesting time for Iconist because I don't think that we are the only project known or unknown uh, that is working to be the first to launch on 2.0. So that, that should be an exciting time. You mentioned Iconographer is working on this. This this is news to me. Holding out on me, Iconographer. Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to? Well, I think you know there there have been uh, there have certainly been some illusions uh, over the last last few weeks, and I think uh, yeah we've we've done a little you know a little bit of leaking out there. Uh, you know there was uh, Scott a few weeks ago in one of the uh, Telegram chats had kind of alluded to this project. Uh, we we alluded to it on the uh, podcast last week as well with scott um so you know we've been trying to build a little bit of momentum but obviously it feels good to have it fully out in the world and open and everything like that um and you know I, you, we obviously got the announcement out and, and the initial medium article and, and things like that uh but for those who you know maybe haven't had the time to do a deep dive or maybe they uh they start their week by listening to this podcast or something like that uh we figure we just kind of go into a little bit more depth about the project and, and kind of how it works and uh hopefully walks walk some folks through it um and so you know i don't depends on depends on how familiar you are with DeFi protocols and things like that but i imagine if you follow things somewhat you've probably heard of something called curve um curve exists on ethereum of course and you know it as as uh kevin mentioned it is designed for trading stable coins and you might be thinking well that sounds kind of boring um, and also, why would I need to trade stable coins? And also, can't we already do that on, say, you know, once these stable coins are available? Uh, and the, the two that'll probably be the most prominent from the get go will be the uh, bridge dollars as well as the balance dollars, which are generated by the balance protocol. Um, you know, can't we, wouldn't we be able to trade those on the decks on balanced or maybe through U-Trade or something like that? And the answer is uh, possibly, but the problem is, uh, is, you know, those charge, um, you know, they charge trading fees. And they also tend to have slippage, meaning that if you buy a, you know, if there's not a lot of liquidity and you buy a, a good chunk of those tokens, uh, that you know, if you're trading a dollar for a dollar, but you trade a dollar and you get 98 cents back, 
uh, that, you know, you lose some utility there. So basically the way the quality is set up is that the, the, the key benefits is basically there's very, very low tra- transaction fees. Uh, it's only about 0.04%. Uh, there's also an administrative fee, which we'll go into a little bit later, which is 0.02 or 0.02%. So 0.06% total, which is a pretty insignificant uh, transaction fee. It's, it's essentially what Curve also charges. Um, in addition to that, based on how the foam reel works, there is very, very little slippage between the prices. So, you know, if you trade, if you're trading a dollar for a dollar, you're going to get a dollar back, even, no matter how much you buy, basically, um, unless it's a, it's a crazy significant amount. But uh, it's very, very hard to see slippage on huh. based on the based on the way this protocol uh, is designed. So, you know, that's that's kind of the key benefit of it um, as far as kind of the every average everyday uh Iconist goes, um, but at the, you know, on the other side of it, there's other benefits for those who actually hold stable coins and want to get a bit more return on those. And by providing liquidity into equality, uh, not only do you get a slice of the transaction fees that happen, which is you know fairly standard in automated market makers, but what we also do is we will set up the protocol to where you know we're going to have a large pile within the protocol itself. There'll be a large pile of tokens, uh, stable coins. What the protocol will do is automatically utilize OMM, the open money market, and lend those out and earn interest on them. So, so essentially, it's it's almost a mini savings account to a certain extent, uh, where you're also earning transaction fees. Okay, so so there's a lot there. Let let's pause, and uh, I really love this last part, and I want to break that down further. But but taking it back, a quick summary: it is essentially uh, an exchange that is designed to swap like-for-like assets. So variations of stable coins, but not limited to stable coins. It could eventually roll into like-for-like BTC, wrap BTC, BN BTC that gets minted from balance potentially. Um, Something like that, yep. Yep, excellent. Okay, so that's at its core what it does. And it is very much superior in in the sense of saving... Um, fees based on transfers for like-for-like assets, where you would use, say, something like Balance or Unify um, to do it. You may, you would actually pay a little bit more in fees because that's how that AMM um, is designed. Whereas right. Equality, um, it it is designed to charge less of a fee in that way, so that you're always, you know, your trade is always ending out as even, Stephen, as it can get. Would that be a, exactly okay? Excellent. Yeah. Now, so that, there's not a lot. There's not a lot chopped off the top in terms of the the fee for using the service, but also too, you know, if you go to trade, say you want to, say you go to U Trade right now, you want to, you know, buy a, a a thousand ICX worth of tap, for instance, right? Mm. The price that you're paying on that first tap is going to be lower than the price you're paying on the thousandth tap, just based on the way that the price is calculated on that based on how their formula works. And that works great for that type of model, but it obviously doesn't work as well for stable coins. So to know that you're gonna pay a very, very minimal fee to the to for transacting, but also know that, you know, even if you buy a good chunk, the, the price that you pay for one dollar is not gonna vary much if, if, and probably at all beyond one dollar. So that's the other benefit of it as well. Okay. So you, you right at the end you made mention and I wanted to spend a bit of time on this. Um, 
what's this about? So uh, traditionally, the, so the way this operates is essentially users like me can go in with my stablecoin and add liquidity to a pair. The great part about this is you don't have to worry about impermanent loss because it's stablecoin on either side. You'll just end up with more of the either when you withdraw your liquidity, which is one for one. Um, what you did mention though is uh, OMM and how, how could you could you give a bit more of a breakdown on how all those pieces fall together these money Legos come together yeah so you know the the smart contract that uh, equality will run on um, it's gonna you know it's gonna have the fund that manages the pools themselves but those what, it, what it'll do is it'll automatically take it'll interact with OMM in order to put those tokens or a fairly good proportion of them on the OMM platform and lend them out to other iconists who would like to use OMM. So, you know, just as you or I could decide one day, hey, I've got, you know, I've got a hundred stable coins uh, running on icons sitting here. They're doing nothing for me. I'm going to go to OMM and loan them out for an interest rate. You know, maybe it's 1%, maybe it's 5%. We don't really know yet. Mm. What, what this do instead of you having to do that instead you could just say okay I'm just going to deposit my hundred dollars into equality instead knowing that equality on the back end is going to deposit those hundred dollars into OMM so I'll earn interest whatever OMM's paying but in addition to that I'm also going to be earning a slice of the transaction fees that are uh, occurring on uh, on equality as well so it's 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 dual bent, you know, not only are you no longer just sitting on hundred dollars, it's doing nothing, but you're getting interest on it and you're getting a slice of the transaction fee. So it's a really, really great way to make your money work hard for you um, while you're essentially doing nothing. So just another, you know, another way icon can, the icon network can, can give you a return on your investment. So this is um, version one that this is how it'll work from the get go. Uh, yeah, that's the plan. And th and this is, you know, this is essentially the same way Curve operates. Uh, a good chunk of its pools, it has it has a number of pools just based on the the, the vast uh, number of tokens that are on the Ethereum network. Um, and so, you know, there's they ha they have one that connects to Compound. Hmm. Uh, they have one that connects to Yearn. So I can see down the road as you know more potential lending protocols may emerge on Icon, and as more IRC2 tokens emerge that have. Uh, that should trade against each other at a similar price, whether they're stable coins or um, you know wrapped assets that should be trading at a similar price. Uh, th there'll be more and more pools and more and more places you can put those tokens um, moving forward. So if you want a kind of a preview of of how things might look uh, in the future, you know there's a few YouTube videos you know that that show how Curve works, and you can get a good a good sense and just kind of figure that at some point. Yes, it's, it's, we we would hope to replicate that sort of success and those sort of options for. Uh, right on us. So Kevin, the um, UI perspective, please tell me we're going down not that retro <laughs> curve style. <laughs> yeah, we, we had several conversations about that. We're uh, definitely not going with the retro look. We're, we're working on something that looks a little bit newer. Ah, excellent. excellent. <laughs> or, I would say a lot of it newer. But. <laughs> good to hear, good to hear. Yeah, already the pro, you know, I think, I, I think curve doesn't do itself too many favors because they have made it it's it's complicated. It's a complicated concept, and I think their UI, to a certain extent, makes it even more complicated. And and you know potentially turns off some users. Maybe I'm wrong about that. No, um, I, I think you're right. I maybe mean, everyone's nostalgic and really loves that 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 interface. But um, yeah, it does seem it does seem polarizing. It, it, I swear, if you were to ask ten people, you'd probably find one or two that love it, and then eight or nine yeah. that are you know not big fans. And I imagine that some of that's tied into age demographic as well as far as yep. the, uh, there's probably a correlation there. Uh, look, I think when it launched, 
the look of it was cool. Um, I know at first glance when I tried to interact with it, nah, I stayed away. I only interact through to curve with curve through Zappa. Otherwise, I refuse to touch it. I go in there, just get lost. Yeah, that that's why I made the comment about the UI. <laughs> like, it's an amazing protocol curve, but I just yeah. Um, so it's good to hear. Good to hear we're not taking that approach. <laughs> Yeah, we're, yeah we're, we're moving. I would say we're moving in a direction where it's very, uh, very modern, very polished, and, and I think most importantly, very easy to use and understand. Yep, I'm showing my age a little bit. I, I kind of think it's cool, but um, you know, in terms of being user friendly, it is a little bit more complex. I, I think the design we're working on will be a little bit more user friendly, a little bit nicer of a UI. So uh, excited about that. But um, yeah, I guess I'm showing my age a little bit. I, I, I think that retro look is kind of cool, but <laughs> I think you guys are right. I think more people don't. So. Oh, look, it's a cool look, just usability-wise. <laughs> um, I, I always kind of thought that they would change it at some point, like same. they were just kind of messing around or, you know, we're just doing this for a few weeks, but they're sticking with it. Mm, mm. But even there's a few others out there, even Badger's one, it's doing a lot, but that UI is very retro and find it hard to follow. It looks cool, but yeah. Um, okay, okay, back to back to this. So, um, great, we have, we've got gotten a few examples now. Um, why would somebody want to use this? Well, I think, you know, A, the most basic utility is uh, I want to trade one stable coin for another stable coin. And again, you might kind of yep. think, well, why? Uh, but let's say, you know, let's say bridge dollars are earning uh, 5% on OMM and balance dollars, for whatever reason, are earning 3%, right? If you're holding balance dollars earning only 3%, you might say, shoot, I'm just going to hop over to, to bridge dollars and get 5% on them, even knowing that, you know, $1 is $1. So being able to have a place where you can do that very easily without losing really any value whatsoever. Um, I think that alone is a pretty simple, you know, simple use case that I think a lot of people potentially take advantage of. There's other potential situations where you, you know, need to or want to switch from one stable coin to another, especially as, you know, as interoperability kicks off and we might start seeing more stable coins flow in from other protocols and things like that. Um, you know, we already have Orbit Bridge that can theoretically do that. So that could be another uh, stable coin that you'd want to switch in and out of very easily and, and with, with minimal friction. Um, so, you know, there's, there's that aspect of it. Um, I think on the, you know, for liquidity providers, there's a lot of incentives there too. Uh, obviously kind of what I mentioned between the transaction fees and the, um, the, the additional interest, uh, it sort of it sort of becomes you know you don't even you don't really even need to worry about using OMM. You can just use equality. Um, now at the end of the day, you're still using OMM and you're still using that protocol and everything like that. So it's kind of a uh, a win win in that situation. Um, and I, we haven't mentioned yet is and I think people would have hoped and assumed this, but there will be uh, equality tokens, uh, which from the get go will provide. Uh, governance rights uh, that that can obviously you know what those tokens do can be changed by the community over time and I imagine some sort of uh, proposals to potentially you know change what those what those tokens can provide and offer uh, might change but from the get-go you know people who provide liquidity will get a slice of ownership over the protocol and, and a uh, uh, tokens that provide governance rights so that's certainly a nice incentive as well I, I do have a few more questions about the tokens, but I'm going to pause there. Kevin, from your point of view, do you, how is it? How many people are in the team currently that are helping build make this a reality? So there's uh, Iconographer, uh, there's myself, and then we've got Tom uh, from the TNTXT PREP team, formerly v, uh, Icon Viet, and then he's got a group of guys that he works with as his development team as well. I believe he's got three or four. Okay, and, and, then, and Scott. 
Scott is also contributing as well. Oh yeah, um, he's he's providing a lot of kind of bigger picture consulting. You know, he's he's done a couple of these now, so he knows kind of what to look out for, and he's certainly been been helpful as well. Always oh, been huge. Yeah, he's uh, Scott Smiley uh, from ICX Station has essentially been our consultant through the whole thing, and um, man, he's he's a terrific help. He's a huge help. I, I from. Uh... As we go through and have few interviews, you know, this is one point that uh, comes out and I don't think a lot of people realize just how much uh, Scott gets involved in coordinating or putting the right people together to make something a reality. And again, this is another um, protocol that's just an example of that, you know, um, making sure getting the right people in the room so that um, a project can take off. Yeah, big, big kudos out there. Yeah, I, I do not think we are the only team working on a project that um, obviously obviously it's known now, but it was unknown previously. I do not think we are the only team that he's assembled to work on something like this. I think there are a few others. So your team uh, obviously is quite um, branched out. Everyone's not located in the same lo- you know same country, state, area. Um, would that be fair to say? Yeah. Uh, in fact, Tom and I are on exact opposite sides of the world. We're exactly 12 hours apart, so... <laughs> and, and you know, this is there's a reason I'm asking this because I, I think the everyday um, person doesn't realize or isn't aware just how um, different this style of um, well creating anything in the crypto space works. You know, it, it's not your traditional everyone sit together, nut out, uh, and work towards delivering a project. It is it is a global coordination that needs to happen um, and accommodating time zones. I know just setting up interviews for the podcast is challenging, making sure from this <laughs> end of the world to that end of the world. So um, how, how has that how's that experience been for, for this project and in, in general? I think it's worked out well. I think um, we did find a time that's pretty convenient for all of us. We usually work, uh, we usually meet a couple days a week, um, usually around 9 p.m. my time, 6 p.m. iconographer's time, and um, that'd be 9 a.m. Tom's time. It's kind of funny because uh, it's towards the end of my day, and when our meetings are concluding, I'm getting ready to go to bed, and Tom is just getting out of it, and I see he's getting his morning coffee and stuff like that. So, uh, it's you know, it's kind of interesting. We are on, like you said, completely different time zones, so... Um, but you know, for the most part, we've been able to coordinate pretty well. Uh, we haven't had any sort of, you know, we've we've had an occasion here or there where somebody couldn't make a meeting for whatever particular reason. But um, you know, it it hasn't been all that bad. Good. Okay. So it works. Excellent. So uh, coming back to the tokens that you touched on, um, one question I did have. So you automate. You know, you you don't need to use OMM. You can just go into equality, add your uh, add your liquidity, and you're benefiting from the interest that gets lent out. What about uh, your earning as well? I'm guessing the equality token, and what about the OMM token though? What happens there? So we're actually still trying to, you know, we yeah we're aware of that situation, and obviously OMM is going to send OMM tokens back to the protocol in some way, shape, or form. So we're we still haven't had that conversation yet in terms of figuring out exactly what to do with those. Um, our kind of ethos is that, you know, because it's the funds of the liquidity providers, uh, they're the ones who, you know, I think there's certainly a case to be made that there's a, a, an entitlement there. So um, we, I would assume potentially, and again, I don't want to nail anything down any promises that uh, we would try to deliver those back in some way, shape or form as far as the value is concerned, but we haven't figured that detail out yet. Uh, but obviously we want to have that resolved prior to uh, prior to the launch. 
Okay, great. Yes, I, I, that was a sneaky question. I, ju I just um, thought off as, as I was, you know, being told about the project. But um, yeah, it, it's great that a user could potentially use the platform and not forego any of the rewards of the other platforms um, that, you know, it's coordinating with. So um, connecting with. Okay, that's great. So is there anything else, Kevin, Iconographer, you'll want to, you know, cover off as part of this piece? I think, yeah, I think another useful point is that, um, you know, stable coins are, are nice because they're fairly risk-free in the sense that they, you know, the price is going to be pretty reliably at a dollar. Uh, that being said, you know, sometimes stable coins have issues. Some, you know, everyone's been like, everyone was freaking out about Tether for however long, not sure if it was fake or not. So if there's, you know, if Tether were to go down, then all of a sudden if you're holding Tether, what's the deal? So for those who are, you know, maybe they feel like, oh, if I, you know, I, I like holding stable coins, but if I was diversified a bit more, I'd feel a little bit better about it. Um, you know, if you're depositing liquidity into uh, equality, uh, you're essentially giving yourself exposure to whatever stable coins are in that in that pool. So from the get go, it'll likely just be, you know, bridge dollars and balance dollars. Um, but down the road, there might be pools with three or four or maybe more stable coins. So it kind of it kind of gives you exposure to a whole basket of stable coins. So you can feel a bit better and, and be a bit more diversified in your stable coin holdings. Uh, it's exciting as they might be, but I think that is something that's important for people uh, and could could give them a bit more comfort as well. Excellent. Kevin, what about yourself? You know, nothing in particular. I'm I'm just kind of excited for for Icon and for Iconist um, in the sense that we we kind of get to see the ecosystem expanding here and to see all of the things um, that we've seen on other platforms coming to Icon with with a couple of new twists that are hopefully um, appealing to users and, and things that will, um, you know, just just sort of make the ecosystem a little bit more robust. It's, it's good to see that. Yep, agree. I think always one of the points I take away is, you know, it started on ETH. Yes, great. Protocols have made mistakes. They've uh, implemented learnings and we're creating stuff on Icon where we've seen those mistakes, seen those learnings and kind of put our own vision into it through, you know, the unique nature of our protocol, which enables the staking aspect, etc. Um, which is which is fantastic. That's why I'm very excited about all the DeFi stuff coming to Icon. Yeah, it's nice. Um, it's it's like you said, when you get to see, I, I don't know if I would necessarily call them mistakes because you kind of figure out things as you go, but you get to sort of see things evolve. Like we, we've been able to watch Curve evolve on, on Ethereum a little bit in terms of, you know, governance decisions that they've made. Maybe they started off here and wound up, you know, they start off at point A and wind up at point B. Uh, it's kind of nice. We're starting our project a little later, so we can start right at point C even. So that, that's definitely advantageous. Yeah, you know, I think I have I have flashbacks back to like, you know, mid to late 2018, even into 2019, when there was really not a whole lot going on. You know, we were kind of living and dying by, you know, hopefully there's some more good news about a partnership this week or something like that. And usually there would be, fortunately. So there was certainly a good amount of stuff to talk about and things like that. But, uh, you know, at the time, it, even with that, it still felt there was stuff kind of happening. And we were started getting, you know, there was hackathons and um you know icon bet kind of popped up so you could see some initial traction and again at the time it felt kind of busy but looking back now especially with everything that's going on now and, and it, it's, it's getting really really hard to track um those are kind of, you know in retrospect those were kind of sleepy times but uh, they also i also kind of look back on on with fondness and i know i'm sure kevin remembers them and um i can't remember uh how long ago you got into into things fez but it is nice to see how everything's kind of evolved uh in you know a couple of years some people might say it's a long time i'd say it's you know, relatively short time, uh, but it is nice to see one way or another. 
Look, agree. I, I think um, what is coming to light is the the building has been happening. It's just probably not been as vocal. Um, I think you're right. Um, I can graph the earlier part. It was news all about the partnerships, the corporate side. You know, all all that aspects. Very much um, not not a lot around what's externally getting built out. You know, by anyone and everyone. And uh, what we're seeing this year is all that work that's been happening in the background. It, it's getting announced, and you know. All the critical uh, pieces, for example, DeFi is a huge focus and everything that is really needed for the DeFi money Legos is has been in the works and is coming in the next three months. Uh, so, yeah, it is very exciting and can't wait for all of it to be out. And when the NFT market comes out, which is all the rage at the moment, uh, it's, it's great news. And that doesn't even include all the you know unannounced projects that are alluded to from time to time by either either Ricky or you know Kevin just now and and other other people prominent in the community. Yep. Um, okay. Well, I think that that's a great overview of the um, the protocol that is going to be coming. And uh, look, I just want to close it off as well uh, by giving you know we focused on the stable coins, but. Uh, the, the way this protocol can grow, because it's like for like, you know, and I gave an example of this before. So it is, you know, your, your two stable coins that are launching with OMM and Balance, and then we will have potentially what BTP enables. And there's a lot of strong hints from Scott and co that, you know, um, with the launch of Icon 2.0, they will have connections to other blockchains that will enable, I'm guessing, a raft of stable coins, I hope. Um, so that itself can and will get integrated i'm hoping into this equality into the protocol would that be a fair assumption yeah i think i think it's kind of a you know an open slate as far as uh what we can do and as you know icon 2.0 i don't i don't know a whole lot about development but uh tom's pretty psyched about it and you know says it's 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 the real deal uh so you know i don't i don't know where the line of possibilities ends but i haven't as far as I can tell in the conversations we have, we haven't come anywhere close to it yet. So um, I think I think it's the sky's wide open as far as I can tell. Excellent. Okay. Well, Kevin, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Likewise, uh, Fez, great to meet you, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of Icon Plus and everything you guys do and uh, appreciate you on the show and Iconographer, I'll see you at our next meeting. Cheers, guys. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Chat soon. And there you go, oh, Icon Grapher. You, you, you were great. Didn't have stage fright, nothing. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done this a couple times now, so that certainly helps. <laughs> yeah, look, um, it is. I am so glad we got the um, little exclusive, and it is a great project that the ecosystem, every thriving DeFi ecosystem needs. So, um, equality. How'd the name come about? Who thought of the name? Uh, I can't quite remember the genesis of that. Uh, I think it was kind of formulated right before I formally stepped in. Um, so I think I think uh, Kevin and or AKA Radio Friendly was a bit of the lead on that, but I can't say for sure. Okay, I surprised you with that question post interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all right. Cool. Well, uh, any anything else uh, I can grab for any takeaways you wanted to call out? 
Well, I think, uh, you know, I think everyone who uh, has read about it or has been interested about it is probably already following us on the the social channels, uh, us meaning the Equality Project. Uh, And if not, you know, if you have questions or anything like that, feel free to hop into our Telegram channel, which we'll link to in the show notes. Uh, We hope to be pretty active in there. And I imagine there'll be a lot of questions, especially these first uh, first couple of days after the announcement. So feel free to hop in there and uh, start the discussion. And also, uh, hopefully, hopefully there'll be some patience as well. Uh, you know, these things are difficult to develop and they take a little bit of time. So uh, I imagine, you know, every week will, people will be asking when the release is, but should be should be later this year, assuming all things go right. Uh, but we want to make sure we're building a really secure, reliable product. Uh, and so we're, we're going to default to that rather than getting it out as soon as possible. Um, but the good news is by that time, there should be, you know, multiple other DeFi products that Icon can iconists can play around with and enjoy and everything like that so um it'll just be another uh it'll be a cherry on top as far as the DeFi products are concerned and that doesn't include you know whatever else might be in the works and unannounced as well true now as always you know there's not financial advice uh, make sure uh, you do your own research and everything you use we're just here to share our views and educate in any way we can um Thank you so much for listening. If you like what we're doing here, make sure you subscribe and follow us on all the podcasting channels and share this around. The more we can get this out, the more we can uh, get listeners and hopefully devs to come and keep joining our ecosystem and help build. Once again, thank you uh, for tuning in. Thanks. Thanks. Take care.